1: Yeah, a lot of other world sport going on at the moment as well. So we're just going to shift gears for a moment because it's the Grand Slam in action. The French Open almost partway through that. Brett Phillips is the host of the first serve. Thanks to Yonex, who have launched their Naomi Osaka LTD edition E-Zone rackets as used by her at the recent US Open. BP, it's all happening. Thanks for joining me.
0: Uh, thank you, Kane. Uh, yeah, late nights. Uh, I'd Love to be there live, uh, but yes. uh, not to be. It's a well, a bit like the U.S. Open. It's uh, it's yeah, you know, fascinating really. Uh, with you know the limited crowds and but I tell you what, the competitiveness on court is there for everyone to see. It's a major, you know, it's big stakes, uh, big prize money, big points, and um, there's uh, there's been plenty of moments. So, uh, particularly in the first week when you're watching so many courts, there's a there's a lot going on. A few controversial moments and a bit of fire in the players. That's for sure.
1: No Aussies left, unfortunately.
0: No. Look, Mark Polmans uh, was the last remaining Aussie standing last night. He took on a, a very good clay quarter. Christian Garron of Chile, who has won four titles on the ATP Tour, all on the clay. So it was going to be a tough assignment. But he did a great job, Mark, to take the opening set tiebreaker. Uh, lost the second convincingly. He led 5-3, serving for the third set. He just couldn't nail it. He would have been two sets to one up, uh, been in pole position to maybe close that in four. He left the door open, and uh, and Garen just makes you play. I mean, he hits with depth. He hits with you know, um, you know, just good uh, good pace. Uh, he uses the clay courts uh, really, really well. Uh, good spins, good angles. Um, just wore down uh, Mark in the end, and then closed that in in four sets. So he he was close, and that, that's testament to. Uh, what he's brought to the table in his young tennis career, but we just love to see the Aussies be able to go to the next step and actually turn these sort of creditable, you know, gallant sort of um, performances into wins. And uh, that's the that's the challenge at the moment.
1: On the men's side, big guns. Raff is chasing thirteen. I'm correct in saying that at the French, yep. aren't I? Uh, he's yep, still correct. alive as he, as is Novak. Can can you split them on our contrasting styles? <laughs> and has dominated on clay. If you, is it shaping up? Is the draw um, shaping up that way that these two will meet in the final?
0: Well, there's one Blake Dominic team who might. Um, alter that. We'll just see how the next uh, couple of rounds uh, pan out. I, I think, you know, Nadal. It's interesting, isn't he? he was a bit cranky before the tournament. You know, he, he loves the Babolat ball. He was training, thinking, oh, the Wilsons is not quite, maybe coming off the racket as beautifully. But to be honest, I mean, he's played a couple of rounds and he looks absolutely sublime. So he just loves clay. He loves Roland Garros. You know, he was 93-2 and win-loss going in. So he's just got, you know, such an affinity with uh, the French Open. So I think as he gets more matches under his belt, and he gets into the second week, considering that he came off a fairly limited prep, you know, having bombed out early at the Italian Open last week and having not played for six or seven months, I feel like the more he plays, he's going to get better. Uh, I mean, Djokovic just... On the surface, I mean, he won the first set in 22 minutes last night, so he had a dinner date somewhere in Paris. And apart from shooting himself in the foot at the US Open, he's looked unbeatable this year. That's how good he is off that baseline. So, in trying to compare, I mean, Rafa, you have to give him the edge at the French. But I, I think if it got down to those two in the final, it'd be a, one of the maybe the most classic Grand Slam matches they've played. But then there's Dominic Team as well, and Team. Uh, looks really, really solid. You know, he knocked out Djokovic in the semis last year to get a crack at Nadal in the final, and he's hungry to win the French. I mean, he's been two semis, two finals, and he's fallen a little short. So I think that those three, that is the conversation, and, and no one else really for mine.
1: And the women's side, Simona Halep, is looking good. She's on court, third-round action today. She'll be hard to beat as well on that surface.
0: That side of the draw as the top seed, having won the French before Kane, she looks uh, absolutely the player to beat. On the other side of the draw, it's really, really interesting because Karolina Plushka, the number two seed, got knocked out last night by Yelena Ostapenko, who won the French Open as a young girl, 19 uh, years of age, about three years ago, and she absolutely belts the cover off the ball. Though one thing I did notice last night, a bit more shape, a bit more patience in constructing points to match her firepower so she's a little chance, I think, to sneak through in the bottom part of her draw. And then there's Garbinia Muguruza as well, who also has won the French, who made the Aussie Open final back in January. Uh, she looked really good overnight. So I think probably Muguruza, ostapenko I think maybe the two best placed on that side of the draw to maybe meet a hell up in the final as we are about to get into the weekend and turn into the second week.
1: And um, Before we let you go, PP, seven coronavirus cases in Melbourne today averaged down to about 12, the 14-day average just a touch over, which does paint to the, the, the picture that the Aussie Open should be able to go ahead, all things being equal. Is that, is that what you're hearing? Is that what you, your gut feel is?
0: Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. I think Craig Tiley, from what I understand, has been just uh, glued to the phone all week. There's a lot of meetings going on. He's talking to players internationally. They're trying to create this sort of quarantine bubble. From my understanding, Kane, you know, December 14 is the key date of when the players should get into Australia. So if they have to go into that quarantine sort of set up, transport, hotel, Uh, possibilities of practicing or playing, uh, maybe some exhibitions uh, leading into January, uh, then that's when they should be getting to Australia for all this to work logistically. Uh, So I think there's some more detail to come out in the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, and I tell you what, the tennis folk in Victoria though, they'd love to just get back out on the court considering all the things that are allowed to be done and we still can't go and have a hit on a tennis mm. court. Another petition mm. was been signed uh, this week that's got about 10,000 signatures on it. So we'll, uh, we'll see if Dan the man changes his mind. I get a feeling he won't though.
1: Well, that is completely ridiculous that you can swim in a swimming pool, but you can't play yep. tennis or play golf. And I know the golfers have been labelled windus, but it means a lot to a lot of people and it boggles the mind, the differences of that opinion, mate. I think we share the same view on that. Appreciate the update this morning. Thanks, Kate. Talk soon. Limited release, limited number available. Check with your local Yonex dealer. They bring us Brett Phillips this morning from First Serve. One, three. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three
0: and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Tyre Power's Big Footy final sale can't last.